Welcome to CooperCast, the keyboard episode. This is your host, Al's tow truck, John Sachs. We take a little different look at the life-changing Like a Rolling Stone recording session, which leads back to Al's first encounter with a piano. Nearly the dog adds a brief comment after each segment. Well, well, what did I figure out the other day? That I was 21 in 64. Okay. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, 21 in 64. So I was 22 when I played on Like a Rolling Stone. Yeah. But how old was Dylan? He was probably two, three years older. A little more, A little more, yeah, yeah. I mean, people don't realize that his first album came out in 63. Yeah. Because the 60s, as we know them, was really not 61, 62. It was like 64, 5, 6, 7, 8. That was the heavy. And Dylan's first albums completely preceded what we think of as the 60s in some ways. Well, I, I remember trying to play it for my mother. And she ripped the arm off the... Really? Phonograph. She didn't like Dylan's voice? No. And I remember that really well because... Did she scratch it? Oh, yeah. Oh. I remember that really well because it was uh, unique. Yeah. No, not her doing that. But Dylan's but, voice. But, but but what he did was unique. Yeah. But but it, it, it rang a big bell for me. Yeah. And and um, and when I played with him, uh, I, I it was hard for me to believe that I was doing that. You told me that when you were so instrumental in the middle of Blonde and Blonde, you said to yourself, "Al, chill out. You're making musical history here, but just do your job. Don't get freaked out. Just no. Do- I didn't. I I didn't really." But you knew it was a big deal. I mean, it was the greatest artist doing his greatest work. Well, that we didn't know. But you knew Dylan was incredibly powerful. No, but I'm saying we yeah. didn't know it was going to be... His greatest work. As, as great as it was. Because we, we worked, you know, almost 24 hours a day right. on that. I had a weird thought occur to me about the Like a Rolling Stone session. And Lord knows you've talked about it and we've talked about it. Uh, It's one of the famous rock stories. But this is what occurred to me. So you're in the studio figuring to play guitar and in walks freaking Bloomfield and warms up and you go, oh my God, this guy's a monster. And you put your guitar away and leave the studio. Then when they move Paul Griffin off the organ, you go back in the studio and you have an organ part. Now, this is the thing where there's... Sort yeah, of, but I had no right... I know. ...to go into the studio and sit at the organ. Pure chutzpah. Nor did I know right. how to really work the organ. One of the things that attracted me to this crazy Al Cooper when you gave this talk at MIT where I met you was you said that if he turned it off, you didn't know how to turn it on because it's not on an off switch. And it's like, that's how completely humble you were about the whole situation. You couldn't even have turned it back on and he left it on. It's not humble, it's truthful. There's a lot of people 
that eliminate the truths that aren't complementary to them. Oh well, well, and you didn't do that. No, I never do that. Yeah, well, that's to me. That's that's that that's humble. You've done great things, but you don't. You know. Anyway, but here's my question. You ended up playing the organ in place of perhaps the top New York keyboard player, Paul Griffin, who moved over to the piano. You wouldn't at that point, or maybe even ever, compare your chops on, on keyboards to Paul Griffin. No. And yet, you walk up to the organ and you play a simple little ditty that that was the that was the point right but here's my question for you couldn't could you have said okay bloomfield's going to play the hot licks i'm just going to play this little thing that frames the music no i don't think like that you didn't think like that why no, in other words I, I think i think and i had done a great deal of keyboard playing in the studio Okay. But only on my work. On your own work? Yes. Okay. I didn't play on other people's records till after Like a Rolling Stone. Yeah. So walking into Like a Rolling Stone, I was not uh, experienced to the point where I didn't know how to turn an organ on. But all I'm thinking is that you were... F in sessions, you were pretty experienced on guitar. Maybe not Bloomfield, but... You were solid. Could you have stayed in there and played like a kind of rhythm guitar and played a little bit behind Bloomfield? Didn't no, you see, I heard uh, uh, Bloomfield warming up. Yeah. Because I got there early. Right. And I said, oh, there will be no guitar playing today. Okay. There wasn't a rhythm guitar. Well, there was Dylan on rhythm guitar. Yes. Okay, so Dylan's playing rhythm. He's playing lead. There's no place for Al. Not after I heard him play. Right. But then you you had the nerve to walk in and play at the abandoned keyboard where Paul Griffin walked away. And it was turned on. And it was turned on. And if it wasn't turned on We wouldn't we'd... be sitting here today. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, I just you see what I'm saying? It just occurred to me like why didn't Al just stay with the guitar and play behind Bloomfield little things like he played on the organ? You didn't overshadow Paul Griffin. You played, you put a perfect picture frame around no, no, Dylan's song. I, I had a real good understanding of uh, piano and organ. Okay, in a different way than guitar. Yes. Well, that's the other half of what I wanted, I was thinking about today. You are... You played a lot of both instruments. The piano is an interesting, interesting instrument. It's like completely linear from left to right. The keys go up, 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 up. And it's percussive. Right. And the left hand can be doing something, and the right hand can be doing something else. When well, the, that happens on the piano, too. The, the, I mean, that's, on the, uh, that, that's what I mean on the piano. On the guitar, generally speaking... No, we don't even have to go there. There's no comparison. There's, they're, they're, they're totally different. Yes. Uh, the only thing they have in common is they're both stringed instruments. Yeah, but one you smack and the other you pluck, and it, it, it yeah, it, it just, um, 
I wondered when you were new, did you sit around doing a lot of like just noodling on the keyboard or the guitar just to? Well, I took piano lessons when I was young. Right. But I hated them. Yes. Well, you said eventually, you said to the guy, teach me to play the songs on the radio, and then you, you liked it better. Um, I, I'm not just sort of fascinated by the difference between... Well, not, well, also, my first clue, although I didn't think of it as a clue, and I've said this before when we've talked, uh, the first time I sat at a piano, I think I was seven. Yes. And... I got to be with it for two hours. While your parents were at dinner. Yeah, well, they weren't at dinner. They were visiting friends. Visiting and the friends. friends had a piano. I had never put my hands on a piano before. Yeah. And I, by the time my parents came to leave, I had figured out how to play the number one song uh, only with my right hand. Yeah. And only on the black keys. You played it all on the black keys. Yeah, it worked. It was the Tennessee Waltz. Uh, yes. So it was bum ba dum bum bum ba dum bum bum ba dum bum bum ba dum bum. There were no uh, notes that weren't black keys in the in the melody. Right. Right. So it was easy. Right. And and I went wow. This I can't believe I can do this. Yeah. This is fabulous. And then I just nagged my parents day and night right. to get a piano. Right. Which was expensive. Now, did you spend a lot of time at home either practicing or just playing on it? Because you'd had this great experience at these friends and the family. Now you had a piano. Did you spend a lot of time just sort of flipping out and trying things? I was uh, forced to take piano lessons. Right. They weren't going to get a piano and not give you lessons. Right. Right. But there's two things. There's it the was amazing that they spent the money to get a piano because yeah. it was far more expensive than the guitar I wanted to buy, which came later. And and, and, and there were no the cheap... The, and the piano was probably over $1,000. Really? I'm sure. Yeah. In 1950s money, we're talking about five to ten thousand today. Well, late fifties. Um, but but a guitar. The first guitar I bought, which was a great guitar, yeah, was forty five dollars, <laughs> and it was Sears Roebuck. Silvertone. Yes. Yes. Boy, their their acoustic guitars were horrendous, but I, I no, that electric was great. Was good. Yeah. These days, parents could buy. A cheap electronic keyboard for practically nothing. Yes. Whether it's any good or not is another story. But you could buy some kind of a keyboard now for thirty dollars. In those days, there was either a piano, there was nothing. Also, um, synthesizers. Today. Yes. Yes. Right. Which you can play any instrument on right. a synthesizer. Yeah, it's which is just fabulous. Yeah, it's a different world. Yeah. It's a different world. But I mean, if I had grown up in that world, I could have moved faster. Yes, sure. But hey. I mean, an example is if I'm making a demo today, mm. I don't have to hire a horn section or yeah. a string section. Right. I can do it myself on the keyboard. Right. And no one would guess that it was 
not real strings or real yeah. horns unless, you know, they were professional. Right. The, the difference between then and now, when the Beatles were on, at Sullivan, there were probably three cameras on stage. Each one was about the size of a half of a Volkswagen. cost half a million dollars or whatever. The iPhone in my pocket has four cameras that are each like a hundred times better than the Ed Sullivan cameras, and it just sits in my pocket. It's it's like, it's hard to wrap your mind around this. So do you get good pictures of the inside of your pocket? Sometimes I do. Oh, good. This has been Coopercast, the keyboard episode brought to you by Pocket Videos. And you could submit questions for Al at alcooper.com on the Coopercast page. Mm-hmm.